0: What's up, CC community? Welcome back to the courageously confident. Podcast. Today's conversation is all around food macros, um, diet culture on social media, the confusion. I have an incredible, incredible guest, Joe, who is on. She is a online nutritionist, dietitian. She is an expert when it comes to weight loss. Really, just helping anyone with their nutritional needs. I really think you're gonna love this conversation and Joe's approach to dieting to eating. So as always, make sure you screenshot when you're listening to the podcast and uh, share on your Instagram story. Tag me, XO and the Courageously Confident Instagram as well. If you're not inside the Courageously Confident community on Facebook, the girl, where you've been, you need to jump in there for all the vibes, all the high vibes, all the things. I also want to remind you, if you have not got the courageously confident cardio guide yet, my latest fitness baby obsession, then you need to get on exogingy.com or send me a DM on Instagram and say, Steph, I need this cardio guide. This cardio guide is my current obsession right now. I'm doing these exact workouts. They are intense. They are fun. They're challenging. And I'm just in love with them. So if you're looking to switch things up in the gym and just feel incredible, then this is definitely worth checking out. So just, yeah, like I said, slide into my DMs, join the CC community, wherever you feel comfortable, Um, getting in my vibe, getting this guide (laughs) in your hands, you need this for sure. So let's get into this conversation and I will see you guys soon. All right you guys, I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with Joe today. Joe is a nutritionist, a weight loss coach. She can probably tell you more when I ask in a second, but I love to always have these conversations around food and and diet culture on the podcast because it always turns into be so much more than just food and and diet culture. It turns into be much more juicy conversation, which I'm all about. So, why don't you go ahead, Joe, to introduce um, the courageously confident world with everyone. Let us know who you are and what you do.
1: Yes. First off, Steph, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So, just to tell you a little bit of a background of like what I do so, I am a registered dietitian and nutrition coach. And if anyone isn't familiar with what a registered dietitian is, I am like credentialed and um, in, in the state of New Jersey, I'm going through a lot of schooling and, um, We have like a dietetic internship that we have to go to, um, and we are really the nutrition experts in our field. So, what I do is I do nutrition coaching online virtually. And um, as you know, with the world of virtual nutrition coaching, it's excellent because we can serve people from down the block or we can serve people around the world. And um, what I do is I do weight loss coaching, and it's funny because I am the type of dietitian and nutrition coach that likes to preach lifestyle and likes to preach um, having, having indulgent foods and fitting them in and not feeling restrictive and not feeling like you're on a diet. But a lot of the time, the reason that I kind of brand myself as a weight loss coach is because a lot of the time that is what a lot of my clients or a lot of my potential clients think they're looking for. They think they're looking to lose weight. They think they're looking for a specific number on the scale. They think they're looking for a specific pan size. But at the end of the day, they're looking for nutritious habits. They're looking for more energy, better moods. Um, more confidence. And that's really what I'm shaping my program around. So technically it is weight loss coaching, um, but I'm providing something that kind of encompasses the bigger picture, kind of taking a step back. Um, So this way, all of my clients can live up to their best potential. Um, I love this. And this is like side note business conversation,
0: because if you would position yourself of like, daily habit coach or lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. People will be like, what does that even mean? No. So like people where they're at right now are searching for weight loss, the key terms like weight loss coach or how to lose fat and stuff like that. And which is fine and totally amazing and going to be a result of what you teach them and bring them through, but they don't what happens i think is people don't see the big picture of like oh my god my confidence is going to skyrocket my life is going to change they don't see that yet right now they just see like oh my god i need to lose weight you know those kinds of things so i love that you position it's not even like in a strategic way. It's just true. It's like, what are women looking for right now? And they're looking to lose weight and you can help them do that. And then they might are most likely, I guess, presently surprised when you can say you can still eat X, Y, Z and lose weight, which is so, so, so amazing. So I love this so much. So what I would just want to know, what, like, so there's so many different ways to quote unquote diet like you know you can do go the keto the the low carb the high carb the you know you can count calories you can do macros you can like just there's like a million different ways to do things so what are what right now is your opinion with the way i guess call it diet culture is with all these different ways? Like, do you believe that all the ways are good? It's just one works differently for every person. Like, what is your view on counting calories? What is your view on macros? I want to know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to a diet, when the biggest question I always get asked is what is the best diet for me? What diet should I be following? And my response is um, a little witty, but I always say the best diet for you is the one you can stick to. Mm -hmm. So, it's really taking a look and not taking a look at next week or taking a look at the week after, taking a look at a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, a year from now. What is your diet going to be like then? So, with those philosophies, how I'm shaping my coaching business is bringing in uh, aspects from multiple different styles. My main style is um, macros, counting macronutrients, your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. However, I would say it's much more loose and much more lenient than a very strict macro, macro coach. And the reason is a lot of um, macro coaches uh, might be – coaching someone for more of an aesthetic goal or more of a performance goal. I do have some clients with those goals, but I also have a lot of clients that have confidence goals and getting rid of their insecurities. So being able to tie in um, intuitive and mindful and instinctive approaches into my counseling without saying this is black and white. If you don't count your macros, there's no other way. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely don't believe that. I, I use, I guess you could say the macro approach as the real baseline of my business. But like I said, I do incorporate other styles and I tailor to each client because what works for one person is not going to work for the next. And then when it comes to all of the diet, uh, fads and the diet trends that are out there, a lot of the time at the end of the day, it's just a lot of noise. And I always say, um, pretend you're on a uh, road and you're on a highway and you're in a car and you need to get from point A, which is your current body, your current state of health, your current situation, and your end goal, your outcome is point B. And as you're driving along, you're going to see signs. You're going to see overhead signs. You're going to see road signs. You're going to see signs like stuck in the ground, um, and all of these signs and flashing lights on the side of the road are all of these other things that you might read on Facebook, that you might see on Instagram, that um, you might read in a magazine, that you might see on a television show. And a lot of the time, it's just noise that's going to distract us from getting from point A to point B. Um, and I always say that hiring a coach is the best way to kind of cut back on that time, cut back on the wasted time that might pass, um, getting distracted by other methods or other things along your route.
0: Mm, I love that so much because... So there is so much noise right so then we get pulled in a million different ways and then what happens I think is then we're not consistent in one way and then we don't know if we're actually seeing results right if you try one thing for one week and then you switch to another thing there's no there's no way to see if there's results right like so then when someone works with you, you you're helping someone be consistent but also like tracking things and being able to switch things when necessary and I think a lot of people get discouraged with not just nutrition, but fitness, but business growth with everything, because you're, we're pulled in a million different directions and we don't stay consistent long enough with something to see results. And, and that's so, so important. So I love that you, I love that analogy of like just driving and, and going. I love that. Um, I also love like when you were talking about macros and stuff, you know, like my opinion around nutrition and food has changed over the years as I've gone through my own kind of like transformations and stuff. And most of the people listening know, like I used to be a, it, like all intuitive eating and like, let's never look at numbers. And now I'm really open to me being like, well, actually I am looking at numbers now. And, and, and I think that this is important. Maybe it depends on where you are in the phase of your life and your journey, because one, if, if we ignore numbers and we don't see progress, one, we, we don't know what we're eating. So we could be under eating or overeating and then we, have, we don't know what to change. So, so I think numbers is so important if you can look at it from a healthy way, but then there are the people who quote unquote have difficulty or can't look at numbers in a healthy way because it, it screws with your head. So um, is there a way that you maybe help your clients or what do you just suggest you know, if someone wants to see a change but is triggered, I hate triggered, but like quote unquote triggered by numbers, is there a way for them to still track, but but maybe loosely, but you know, I don't know, change their mindset so it doesn't fuck them up? You can swear on here because that's just how, how I explain <laughs> it, is, it. Numbers can F you CK people up. Like they used to F me up, but now I can look at numbers and just be like, it's just a number. So, how do we get from being mentally exhausted from numbers to just looking at them like this is just a number
1: great and excellent (laughs) excellent excellent question stuff so what it really comes down to is I always say before you can make a change before you can go ahead and start a diet or start a weight loss program or start a health and wellness journey before you begin you have to tackle self-awareness until you are self-aware with what your current habits are what are your strong suits? What are your weak points? What you need to work on and truly deep down, what is your goal? And you are completely self-aware with that of where you're going with your journey. That's the first starting point. So usually if someone wants to lose weight, the first thing that I recommend to them is if they're a hundred percent, like you said, not triggered by tracking food in an app, um, then I would kind of start there. I have had clients um, in the past that said, you know what? Tracking food in an app kind of brings, brings back up old memories that they kind of want to just kind of leave in the past. So I said, okay, grab a notebook, grab a pen, write down what you're eating, and I will do all of the analysis for you. Mm. So this way I kind of I prevent them from having kind of flashbacks of, of dieting in the past where I'm just like, you know what, just write it down, and I will do all of that for you. So this way it kind of cuts out that extra step. Um, before the clients that are like, you know what, I can do it for a little while, I will track what I eat for a bit, um, and then they will just kind of send it to me. From there, I kind of go in two different directions. I either have clients that are overeating, and that is really the reason for weight loss, but or for weight gain rather. But honestly, a lot of the time, what I see is undereating. Yeah. Undereating, your body storing fat because it's not getting a sufficient amount of fuel throughout the day. So how I kind of position my coaching after, um, someone kind of has that self-awareness underway is we start off with tracking for those clients that feel very comfortable with it. We start off with tracking, but I always make sure to phase it out. Mm. I always, I always remind my clients that an app or writing what da- writing down what you're eating in a notebook, it's a crutch. It's something that you're relying on. It's something that you're feeling validated for and something that you feel like it's kind of like a safety blanket to you. And I always make sure in the beginning, if we're tracking seven days a week, then we're going to go down to six days a week Then we're going to go down to five five days a week. Then we're going to go down to three days a week until as the weeks and months progress, they're no longer relying on an app and they no longer have to feel validated by hitting a specific number. Mm. And that's kind of the philosophy that I take because the self-awareness and the numbers are so crucially important. But at the end of the day, you can't do that forever. And what are my clients going to do when they leave my program? And when they're kind of out on their own, they need to be able to learn um, these tools where they can feel comfortable and confident making food choices on their own. Absolutely, and
0: so 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 interesting. Well, I'm not surprised that most of your clients are under eating. Um, so then, do you kind of weave in this like reverse dieting approach, or what do you do to fix this when someone is struggling? Oh my god, I can't lose weight. They're already under eating. So then, what do you do? You can't diet even more because you're already restricting. So what's what does that look like? Maybe let's talk about reverse dieting because I know that's kind of a buzz term, that maybe people use, which is great. But also what does that mean? I feel like a lot of people don't even know what that means or what the process generally in terms, you know, general terms look like that for someone maybe needing to reverse diet.
1: Yeah. So I always hear the term reverse diet. I actually hear it a lot. If I follow like some like, um, like bikini girls, um, bodybuilders, that's a lot of the, um, the community in which I'm, which I feel like I'm hearing that word um, more and more often, but it's just a fancy word to say that you're really bumping up the amount of food that you're eating. Because when we think of the word diet, we think of, honestly, even though diet is in my title, dietitian, <laughs> I feel like the word diet almost m- almost can correlate to, to, in someone's mind, to mean restriction mm-hmm. or to mean less of something. And I kind of within the first um, session or two with my clients, I kind of reframe their mindset that food is fuel and it's not something that we have to always take away. In most cases, we can bump it up and see the same result. So with reverse dieting, really what it means is it's taking um, someone from a place of a low amount of calories or in a caloric deficit and bumping them back up to either their maintenance or bumping them back up to almost their maintenance, if their goal is still uh, weight loss, or if their goal is muscle gain, then bumping them up to either maintenance or a surplus. And really the, the reverse idea of a diet, the reverse idea of a caloric deficit or a significant caloric deficit. So that's why that, like I said, that self-awareness really comes into play because I need to evaluate the starting point of a client before I can feel confident and comfortable making recommendations and how to change their caloric intake. Mm. And so when, when you go to
0: add more food, like add, add back in, what do you start super, super small? Like how is, do you go by like, Hey, we're going to add X amount of calories a week and then evaluate what happened that week or like a day or what does that look like from the very beginning stages to depending how, how much you need to go to get back up to maintenance or whatever that looks like.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So when it comes to that, um, first I have to look at how much in a deficit someone is. If someone is in a real significant deficit, um, whether they're scared to eat or they're hesitant to eat or they feel nervous around food, um, I I see a lot of women. There's a huge a huge community of women and population of women that are scared to eat, that fear food, and every time they have food in front of them, they're viewing it as something that will make them fat, quote unquote, um, instead of something that's supposed to nourish and feel their bodies. So I also take a look at this is in the beginning, this is the moment when I would take a look at mindset. Mm -hmm. What is someone's relationship like with food? Mm -hmm. If their relationship is extremely damaged, and they're self-sabotaging, and they're nervous around food, they're scared to eat, it's going to be a much longer journey because I make sure that their mental health does not suffer because of their physical goals. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone is like, I want to lose 15 pounds and they're, e- they're under eating three or 400 calories than they're supposed to, I might bump them up pretty quickly if I feel like their relationship with food is in a specific place where it can definitely um, go up without their mental health um, being sacrificed at all. Yeah. Cause sometimes people just
0: don't know, like people aren't aware of the calories in food and they don't know like how much they're eating or how much they're under eating. So that self awareness key is so important. And I love that you mix in both like the, the mindset component, but also like the, the strategy and actually analyzing the numbers. Cause both is important. And I think the good results happen when you use both and when you can see both. So so that's incredible. I, I love that that perspective because I think some coaches are just like all about the numbers and don't care about what's going on or some I even think are too mindful where you don't even, you know, get a sense of science and math which really is nutrition in the body.
1: Absolutely. And what you said um a little bit earlier about like weaving in different different types of um strategies like you said you said strategy and weaving in um the more mindful approach and what we were talking about earlier about if someone has a program that says working on mindset or working on their relationship with food a lot of times it's difficult for especially a woman to recognize that that's what they truly need that they need the work on their mindset or that they need the work on their relationship with food so that's why it's almost masked by their weight loss goal. Mm. Weight loss goal is usually the first thing that, they, uh, that they're struggling with, that they see, that they seek help for. Um, but really, once you dig deep and, and peel back all of the layers of what is going on, it's truly those other things um, that, that stem back to mindset. So I definitely, I definitely agree with what you said there.
0: Yeah. Like even, you know, in my fitness program, people come into it because they want – to lose the weight or to see the transformation in their body. And then they leave. And the things they say when they leave is like, I'm so much more happier and I'm more confident and, and all these things. And it's like, but I didn't, cause if I would have said you're going to gain confidence, like that's, Oh, like, yeah, right. No, I'm not. Right. So it's, they come in for like with you, the weight loss or whatever, but they leave with so much more. And that's so empowering. And, and as coaches, like, that's so amazing to see because that's, we know that already, but to the woman or the person who is struggling with diet or fitness or whatever, they just see like the weight loss. They just see like the first kind of thing. They don't see beyond that. So but it's so fun when, when they do see beyond that because they get the result from your coaching and your program. So that's that's incredible.
1: And also it's it's I, I just thought of another point um to kind of go off of that. And when it comes to imp- approaches that are super mindful, that are super intuitive, that are super instinctive, the one thing that comes up, which is a reason why I still like to weave in those numbers, weave in that, that nutrition science and strategy, is h- how a client is able to measure their progress. Mm. Um, how, what, are, what are the progress indicators that are being used? So A lot of the time, I give my clients the option, do they want to use the scale? I look at what their relationship is like with weighing themselves. If their relationship is damaged, and weighing themselves gives them an anxiety, and they're weighing themselves two, three times a day, it's something where I'm like, you know what? It's a no-no. We are not. We are not including weight as an indicator of progress. But at the same time, if weight isn't an indicator, would circum like stomach circumference be? Would progress pictures be? um, energy levels, mood levels. So definitely stringing in all different types of progress indicators, uh, to make sure that the client is still seeing progress because at the end of the day, that's what they're signing up for. That's what they're investing in. They're investing in an outcome. Um, and at the end of the day, sometimes those, those confident change, those confidence changes, those mindset changes, they come along the way. Uh, but clients still want to see something that they can measure. That's kind of like black and white. And,
0: and that's motivating along the process as well. When you can see like that change, whether it's the scale or the measure or whatever, when you can see it, it it allows you to keep going and motivating for sure. So I love this approach of really like just deciding what works for, for whatever client, like whether it's macros and let's weigh yourself amazing or whether it's like, okay, I'll, I'll like you write down your food log and I'll track it. So you numbers don't affect you. I'm curious. Um, because I I I know that numbers can be triggering for people, but I believe that this is my opinion. I believe that women should be able to to learn how to see numbers and not be triggered by them. So, because if we hide from numbers forever, we're going to be scared of them forever. So it's like exposing yourself and and, and learning to detach this this emotion to numbers, right? Because, you know, we're going to be triggered all the time if we hide from all the things that trigger, trigger us. So that's kind of like, like years ago, I was triggered as hell by numbers on the scale numbers, like macros, calories. It just, it didn't even matter what the number was. I was just like triggered by it. So then I was like, okay, well then I'm just never going to look at it. And then I realized that's not solving the problem. So I learned to, to look at numbers and not be triggered. But I feel like that kind of happened for me and I don't know how I just didn't become triggered anymore. So maybe do you have any advice for people listening who are like, okay, I'm, I'm triggered by numbers, but I don't want to be triggered by numbers. I want to be able to look at a number and just be like, okay, that's the number.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I always recommend journaling. I recommend, usually it depends on the stage at at which a person is currently at. So I definitely recommend journaling. And when I, what I mean by journaling is, is not like writing in your diary of how you're feeling that day. I mean sitting down at a meal, knowing the caloric intake, or sitting at a restaurant opening the menu and being okay with ordering something that is very caloric. And journaling your feelings beforehand, your feelings during it, your feelings after it. And if you're like out to eat or if it's a gathering, then not during it, um, but at least before and after. And one thing that I always have my clients do when they're journaling after is, and as well as before, but I phrase it like a little bit differently, is I have them write out why they deserve and want to allow themselves to have that food unapologetically. What Mm -hmm. have they done this week? Whether it be they got to the gym once, or whether it be they went for a walk, or whether it be they ate a balanced breakfast, what are they doing where they are going to allow themselves to have it unapologetically? and increase and improve that relationship that they have with a specific number. I always get the question all the time, not from my clients, but just from like other health professionals is restaurants starting to put all of their calories on the menu. And I always get asked my opinion on this. And it's such a tough question to answer because I'm like, it has nothing to do with the number. It has, it has to do with who's looking at it. Everyone's relationship with numbers and with calories is so different. So it's really the, it's really not the number it's the person's, the person's point of view of it. And I can see the relationship of both. I can see, yes, it's definitely going to be helpful. We want to make sure that people are feeling comfortable around these numbers that they're saying, you know what, this meal at this restaurant is 1100 calories, but you know what? I am allowing myself to have it because it's my birthday or I'm allowing myself to have it because, um, I got a promotion at work or I'm allowing myself to have it because um, I did amazing all week with my health and wellness journey. Whatever that reason is, digging deep and finding something that you want to appreciate and that you want to allow yourself to have it unapologetically. And then I also see the other reason of just like you said, numbers can be extremely triggering. Mm-hmm. but it's really improving that relationship rather than hiding from it. It's like I always say, I've heard this expression before. I don't know who I heard it from, but I heard like it's like putting a band-aid on a broken leg. Um, it's trying to cover up a problem, but not actually digging deep and finding a solution to it. It's like, it's like a mask or hiding from it. And that's why I definitely help uh, clients in my program improve their relationship um in a healthy way that like I said improves not only their body but their mindset as well Mm, I love that and I I find it so interesting you know the way social media is portraying like
0: health and fitness and nutrition I see uh, it ties into what we're just saying like I see a lot of like huge fitness influencers saying I'm not posting before and afters anymore because they're triggering to some people or like I'm not using this phrase anymore because it's triggering and it this is my opinion. I kind of like roll my eyes because it's exactly what I was saying. Like it's triggering because of, of what's going on inside someone's mindset. And that's what needs to be worked on. It's not triggering because you had a before and after or whatever it's triggering because of something more deeply rooted in that person. And and it's just like what you're like, what I was saying, like, we can't hide from it. We need to fix like the real problem. So I'm wondering of like what your opinion is with like the talk on social media about like I don't. What are we call? What are they calling it? Like anti? I don't. What is it being called? Oh, right anti diet dietitians. <laughs> anti diet diet. There's something else where people are like, or it's like I don't know. It's just all black it's like and a white. Like the war against diet culture and all of that. Yeah, but then it turns into a war against people who are healthy, people who are fit. It turns into this like confusing thing. With some people, it's not. But I've I feel like it's just like a whole war. <laughs>
1: So it's funny that you bring that up because I am so passionate about this topic. I, ha, like, I have been, I'm going to tell you a little bit about like my background. So I've always been, I've always been a thin bodied person. And um, there was a point in my life <laughs> after college when I put on 30 pounds from lack of exercise, from in- increase, increasing like greasy foods, high fat foods, high calorie foods, like alcohol, um, when I was around 21. And because of all the knowledge and the tools that I had, I was able to lose, I think it was about anywhere between 25 and 30 pounds or so. And it's so funny, because I have my fitness pal on my phone, and I only have it on my phone for my clients. Like I kind of like if my client needs like help with something, I'll like go in there and like, look up a recipe or something. And it's so funny, because when I go back into my own profile, it says like, I guess it was like 2014 or 2015. It was like, this was your weight. And it's funny looking back on it. And I feel like that, that, um, what did we call it? A trend or um, a movement, I guess that's yeah. like going on is against like diet culture and against like anti diet dietitians and, and all of that. So essentially what this movement is, is a body positivity movement. And one word that has been thrown around a lot in the body positivity movement is thin privilege, and it's saying that because someone, because someone is in a thin or average sized body, that they are privileged um, over someone in a larger body. So the first, the first point I want to make is I completely understand and can see a lot of agreement with that movement and why it is so important but a lot of people in, in that community have turned it into a war on um like a war on diets or war on weight loss. Mm. And um I've had I've had people tell me that I've had people message me telling me that I can that I shouldn't be using the hashtag body positive or anything like that if I'm a weight loss coach. And wow. I feel like it's turned into something negative rather than turning to something positive. And I get like my whole, like when I grew up in school, I was bullied because of my weight for being uh, quote unquote too thin. Um, I would have all the boys in my, in my science classes telling me I looked like I had anorexia. They told me I looked like I had bulimia. Um, and these comments like didn't stop in middle school. Like they continued into my twenties um, and it's so funny because I just got a comment last week of a stranger that I barely knew. I knew them for five minutes, and they said it was so. And they said to me, "You're so skinny. You look like you don't even eat." And all of these comments rolling in, it reminds me of that word sin privilege." I'm like, I feel everything but privileged. Mm-hmm. And um, someone in a larger body is going to have a different bias as someone in a smaller body. So I feel like rather than a movement away from weight loss or away from dieting or anything like that it's an individual it's an individual basis and every person can have their own goal regardless of their bias
0: yeah you you said that so perfectly and i totally agree you know it, it's 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 i think it started off as a way to like let's not shame people for their bodies but now it's for a lot of people it's turned into like okay like we're not going to fat shame but if you're skinny you're not allowed to be in this club.
1: And Absolutely. I'm like and it's <laughs> like well
0: what I thought we were supposed to just be accepting of all the bodies, the bigger bodies, the average bodies, the small bodies, whatever you want to call them. It's just it's turned into this like crazy thing and you know like I've I've had people tell me like I can't be part of like some organization because I post pic- pictures of my body. And yet the the people in this organization They were posting pictures of their body, but it was okay because it was a and this might be controversial, it was a gay man who was posting pictures of his body, but it was okay. But because I'm small, a small woman, it was like, no, you're you're like too skinny and that's like not what we're going for. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like it just it just is so bizarre and it's just twisted and it confuses the you know, someone who maybe is looking for help, who is looking for acceptance, who's looking for whatever. It's so confusing to an average person. So I'm glad that we can have these conversations where it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be that way. Like, let's just bring it back to to you and how you feel and, and what feels good and, and all this
1: craziness. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yeah, I definitely kind of like to go off that. I saw like a, a Facebook group and a lot of negative comments going back and forth and people being excluded from a Facebook group about body positivity. Because they were' a, because they were a thin bodied person, and it's it's so it's it's so disheartening to see because there's so much good behind that movement, and I know so many amazing women that are in that movement that are moving mountains and that are making amazing names and brands for themselves, helping people and just like you said, like there's a, a couple instances here and there where it's gone too far, and I just kind of like turned a blind eye to those and just kind of focus and give my love and support to the women that are moving mountains um, in a good way within this movement. Amen
0: to that.
1: (laughs) Amazing. So I would love to know,
0: we are going into June 2019. What is the most exciting thing that you have coming up for yourself, maybe in your business or personal life for the rest of the year? Like what What are you excited about for the rest of the year? Fill us in.
1: Yeah. So I just reached the one year anniversary of my business about, yeah, about, yeah, it flew by. It was quick. (laughs) It flew by. But like looking back, it's, it's been a year since I like opened the virtual doors of my business. Um, so I've been in business now for about 13 months. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's, And it's such like a crazy time for me because I always need, and I have a business coach and I always recommend anyone having a business coach, having a fitness coach, having a, um, having a nutrition coach, like tapping into someone else, like when you need them. And I, I was, I was speaking with my business coach the other day and we were planning out, um, six month goals, 12 month goals. And, um, one thing that I'm going to, I guess, start doing in hopefully the summer, maybe in the fall, a little bit of a sneak peek is more of like a group style program Ooh. where right now I'm doing uh, one-on-one private clients. Um, but because of like the time constraint, um, I want to be able to serve more people and I want to be able to tailor my services and tailor the style of my programs to fit different individuals because there might not be everyone where one-on-one coaching might not be for them where they need a very high level, um, high investment, high commitment program. So I'm starting to, kind of spin my wheels a little bit, but like in a good way, not in a bad way, Um, trying to figure out how I'm going to move forward with serving different types of populations and and creating different programs based on what a specific person might need. It's just like nutrition. Everyone is going to need a different nutrition approach. Um, So within my programs, I want to make sure that I'm tailoring them and that I'm varying them to suit everyone's needs. So that's kind of what's coming Um, and that's kind of like what's on the back end that I'm working with right now.
0: So, so, so exciting for you. I, the business coach in me just wants to like dive into like, who like all the things, but no, that's so, that's so amazing. And it's so needed. Like you said, sometimes, you know, one-on-one is great, but sometimes people love the community aspect that, that kind of thing. So, That's amazing. And where for everyone listening are your favorite places to hang out that maybe we can go follow you. We can keep updated with what's coming, what you're sharing. Um, Share us uh, your social media handles so everyone can go stalk you and follow you and all the fun things.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, So I'll say my, uh, my three places that I hang out. So my main one is Instagram. So I am at the ambitious nutritionist. And then I also have a private Facebook community for anyone that not only just wants to lose weight, but I have a lot of people in there that want to gain muscle or just improve their relationship with food or just learn about nutrition. Um, And that is the Nutritious and Ambitious Tribe um, by Joanna Connect Me RD. But if you type it in, um, just like the first part, the Nutritious and Ambitious Tribe, you'll find me. And then I also have a podcast, the Nutrition and Ambition Podcast.
0: Amazing. I will make sure to link all of those things so people can just kind of click and follow and join in all that stuff. So I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being on. And for everyone listening, you guys know this, as always, take a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram story when you're listening to the episode. We love to celebrate you and share you, and we love to know. Um, what episodes you're enjoying and the topics that you love. So I will see you guys next week in the next episode.
1: And thank you, Joanna, for being on today. Thank you, Steph. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.